0: So it really, yeah, it really does seem silly to be talking into a microphone and there's no sound system in the room. We do this all the time. We actually will just sit around with microphones, unplugged to anything, and
1: just to And talk then we listen back
0: to it and go, man, we are good. We sound great. We know so many things.
1: Well, Jared, you want to kind of let them know what's happening. Explain okay, so what's going on here.
0: I'm Jared Hawleyer. This is Rusty Mott. Uh, I guess we should do that first. Yeah. Rusty's the pastor at Corner. Are you going to wear the headphones the whole time? I'm going to. Yeah, it just looks really cool. Rusty is the pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Kuntz. I'm the associate pastor at Pecan Acres Baptist Church in Viter. Uh, and we have a weekly podcast together called One Hour a Week, a 30-Minute Ministry Podcast. And so if you do podcasts, uh, you can get on your podcast app, download it, or you can listen to it from podcasts, Dot com. That's right. Uh, just search for one hour a week and uh, every week it's a, about a half hour podcast about preaching and ministry and church leadership. And um, And this week's episode is going to be up about social media. That's right. If that's what we're doing. We're recording a podcast right now.
1: So Brother Jimmy Neal, the director of missions here at Sabine Nature's Baptist Area, asked if we would have a session on social media because uh, we are social media magnets careful uh you can't even say it you can't be it okay so anyways we have a pretty active social media presence and i would just say it's fair to to acknowledge that we both kind of grew up in the wheelhouse of social media like we started when it was just starting. Like I, I had Facebook when you had to have a university email mm-hmm. to have Facebook, and then they ruined it by letting my grandma get on there. And it's just gone d- downhill from they there. Made it Granny, better. Granny, Granny, if you're listening, I love you. Okay, nah, I don't rainy. think she is, but uh, if she, where is, where else I love would her. I get that cornbread recipe? Yeah, that's right. So uh, we really have been there from the beginning, from Zanga to MySpace to. <laughs> Uh, Facebook And now Facebook is kind of even passing away in some respects, it seems, as uh, newer media just continues to come along. So what we kind of want to talk about today and what Brother Jimmy asked us to talk about with you guys who are interested in hanging out with us is... We still got people trickling in. Yeah, we do. Yeah, come on in. This is awesome. Uh, We just wanna talk about how we can harness this social media that's out there for the advancement of the gospel, specifically in the local church.
0: Uh, So let's do this. First off, how many people in this room use Facebook, let's say multiple times a week? You check Facebook more, just multiple times a week. So uh, you guys were slow, but you did. Scott, no, you're not on Facebook at all. Um, How many of you have it on your phone? you check it on your phone. So this is why we're talking about it, right? I mean, youngest person in the room, I'm going to guess is one of y'all. How how old? How old are you? 16, oldest person in the room? Okay. Are you 80? How old are you? Lee is you? not 80. <laughs> Jared Hall,
1: you just asked Lee Everhart if he was 80. I My just need that for fairly, the record. I don't
0: how old are you? So from 16 to 64, Everybody in the room has Facebook on their phone, and everybody's checking it. I was looking at a study this weekend. If you go to, uh, now I can't find, Pew, so it's pewinternet.org, the Pew Research Center. They do all kinds of studies and stuff. If you go to pewinternet.org, you can already look up there. They just released their 2018 social media statistics, and 78% of adults in America have Facebook on their cell phone. That means 78% of adults, and I would guess that of church people, uh, I'm just guessing the people in your churches every week, that number is probably a little bit higher. And so let's say 80% of the people in our churches have Facebook in their pocket all the time. And so that's why we're talking about it. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, why we should do it. We're gonna talk a little bit about how to do it. Maybe mention a few at the end, like what to do's we're going to do that at the end definitely
1: um social media can get a bad rap pretty quick we've talked about that i'm i'm kind of borderline the guy with a tinfoil hat on talking about social media like i'm i'm really weirded out about it right now and i'm not going to get off on that tangent but what we wanted to kind of start with is jared was going to just talk about for a couple of minutes why uh, there is value in redeeming this social media, that, that that's what we do. We take things that may be out there and yeah, there's some bad things about it, but man, what a powerful tool we actually have to be able to harness. So and if
0: you think, you know, we just celebrated Easter, there's some people who don't celebrate Easter because, oh, it's a pagan holiday and it's, you know, about the spring equinox and it has to do with the fertility goddesses and all that kind of... It used to be that, but we Christians hijacked it. And now Easter is a celebration of the resurrection, right? So so one of the things we as Christians are supposed to do is redeem the culture and redeem the things around us. Uh, this is what Paul did. If you think about in Acts 17, when Paul was in Athens, He Athens didn't have social media, but they had synagogues and they had these open air markets where guys would stand around for days at a time and debate politics and religion and philosophy. Uh, that was the comment section of their day. They didn't have Twitter and Instagram and blog posts, but they had these places where they would stand around and debate those things. And so what did Paul do? He walked right into the middle of them and he said, hey, I notice you have all these statues. And one of them says to an unknown God, let me tell you about the unknown God. And he preached Christ to them. So he saw what the culture was doing and he leveraged it for the kingdom. He hijacked what they were doing already and redeemed it for the sake of the kingdom. And so for people, and I'm not throwing Rusty under this bus because because uh, Rusty Tinfoil Hat Rusty, he'll tell you about the algorithms and how Mark Zuckerberg knows your birth date and your height and your weight and all this. It uh, matters, y'all. Um, the truth is out there. Uh, X Files? Anybody? No? Crickets. Cool. All right. So, just like a normal podcast, so here we go. Some people, some people are really against social media. They don't. They don't want to be a part of it. They think I don't know if our churches should use it. It's here and it's an opportunity. Social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, these are a mission field. And we as Christians have the opportunity and I think the obligation to go into these places and have the to redeem social media for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah, we were talking about the other day how in the New Testament even, you
1: see Paul and the apostles in the early church utilizing the most up-to-date technology that they had at that time. We were just thinking like, Man, Paul would have been a big fan of email, right? That would have been so awesome. But you think about writing and being able to easily transport documents because of the Roman roads and things like that. Like they were utilizing the most up-to-date technology that they had at that time to try to reach people. So why shouldn't the church today continue to try to do those things? And that's what we can do with social media. So we uh, wanna talk about how we can do that well in a couple different contexts. But before we jump into that, let's kind of talk about Uh, some of the dangers and pitfalls that do exist in
0: social media. And and not just for churches, but for us as individuals. Have you ever been, let's do it this way. Have you ever got laid in bed, gotten on your phone to check Facebook or Instagram you're like, I'm just going to be here for a few minutes. And then six hours later, it's 3am. Right. And you're like neck deep. So we've all done that. That's one of the dangers. So let's talk about some of those things. Uh, again, not just church wise, but personally, there's a meme floating around Facebook right now. That's like, I'm going to bed four hours later. I'm going to find out who, you know, who's responsible for that John Benet Ramsey case. Yeah, exactly. Nine hours later laying in in bed. It's real life, man. (laughs) Real life. Come on in. You're not You're right on time. Uh so let's talk about some of the dangers and some of the struggles. Uh first We're just of go all go back and forth on these. Yeah, you want to do the first one or Let's
1: me do, too? let's do playing real quick in front of all these people. So you want to every other one? Yeah, we'll All right, go for it. Go we'll for edit it. that out. Nah,
0: Pat Overstreet.
1: By the way, our, yeah, is this Pat O? Yes, this is Pat O. Uh, sitting over here is going to edit this. So he he's, edits the audio. He's been watching us and being like, "Put your microphone closer to your mouth." Like our, I can see him <laughs> judging us the whole time.
0: Our podcast strategy is to give him six hours of tape and get him to whittle it down to thirty usable. <laughs> Every minutes. week, yeah. So people wonder how we find the time, but all we right. Do. So, so first off, church-wise and personally, one of the the biggest dangers of social media is that we can get caught up in trying to build up our own platform when what we're called to do is build up the kingdom of God. And so we can get real good at picking the right Instagram filter and making sure, oh, that that quote from that sermon is so tweetable, or we gotta make sure this event slide that we're sharing on Facebook looks so good and so polished and people like it and they click it and get shared a hundred times. And we think, man, we're doing awesome. And we might be doing a great job of building up a social media platform, but we're not really building up the kingdom. And there's a huge difference. You can gather Twitter followers without making Christ followers. And you can build up your kingdom and your platform without building up the kingdom of God. So we have to make sure that as we're using these tools, our focus is always on leveraging this stuff for the sake of the gospel and not just to make Pecan Acres look better or to make Cornerstone look better or to even make me as a pastor and a preacher look better. I've got, um, I went to a Baptist college graduated with a bunch of, of other preachers. And so a lot of the guys that I know and went to college with travel and speak. And sometimes, and, and I've fallen into this personally, there was a couple of years where I was real busy. I was doing a, a disciple now every month and three or four camps every summer. And the temptation is you wanna take a selfie in front of every church so that everybody knows, look how much I'm preaching and look how much I'm traveling. Look how in demand I am. Well, what we're doing then is we're leveraging that stuff for for ourselves. We're building up our ego, but we're not building up the kingdom. And so we have just, It's good to have for me it's good to have people like rusty who will send me a text you know it's a screenshot of something i posted and he'll be like what you doing there bro like like who's whose ego are you stroking there you are you doing this for you or for jesus so it's good to surround yourself with people who are willing to call you out but also make sure that we're self-aware enough to know when we're starting to slip into that thing that we're building us up instead of jesus
1: yeah definitely so the the second thing is can kind of sound similar and some of these will kind of cross each other a little bit, but, uh, this one we called the wow versus the what, and what we kind of mean is how are you spending your time? Are you spending all your time trying to wow people or to actually have substance behind what you're doing, what you're planning and what you're working on to preach? It's, it's really easy. I've been guilty of this. And I, I just hate to do this with my good friend, Dr. Scott Moody, who's a pastor and, uh, excellent professor of preaching oh he's
0: been called the charles spurgeon of the golden triangle
1: yeah uh that's been thrown out by at least me uh so anyways (laughs) so hey one of our favorite one hour a week things that happened is that we talked about preaching and like three episodes later had dr moody on there and then we're like can we just delete that old episode just take it out of there." there all right uh but but there are times where it's easy to fall into Working on instead of building your sermon, we're building the flash of our sermon. Like, I, I'll just confess to you, I've been guilty at times of working harder on the social media advertising. Before I even start the serious legwork of the message, and I've intentionally and our media team is sitting right over here at Cornerstone, so they can tell you, uh, usually now they don't get my media till Saturday night, and I had to start intentionally doing that because I'd spend Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday building the most awesome graphics, the most the coolest looking presentations. Man, this sermon is going to be really good. I better get to writing that thing. Yeah. And I was spending all my time trying to wow people about our church instead of actually do ministry well. And I think of a quote Rick Warren tweeted one time. He said something along the lines of, speaking of good use of social media, uh, Rick Warren is a good follow, uh, even if you, you know, anyway, so check that out. But he said this, I thought it was really helpful. He said, it's more important that your people feel loved instead of wowed. Uh, so are we working harder to wow people and impress them instead of actually have a godly ministry going on?
0: Uh, number three on our little list here is um, it can be easy for us to define success in the wrong ways. Um, we could have, you know, if, if I have a, a Twitter account personally for, for my preaching ministry or, or if my church has so all these followers um, who click like and retweet and share what we're doing. And then Sunday morning, uh, it, again, these, these all kind of overlap. But but just because we're um, gathering people around us online doesn't mean we're making disciples and so so what i'm trying to say here is that just because 200 people click like on a link that we share we have to be careful that we're not using that data to measure our success versus are the people in my pews following christ more closely because there's two things there one like rusty was saying it can it can lead us to put too much emphasis and time and resources toward the wrong things But also if we start gauging our success in ministry by how many people clicked like or, you know, oh, 86 people typed amen on this picture of a minion holding a Bible. Um, I'm doing a great job as a pastor. Like if you start going, man, I'm really good. Uh, We're we're successful. Look how many people retweeted this thing. Then how are we going to feel when people stop sharing or stop clicking like? And so if we put all our value, like I'm doing a good job because people like this and share it and retweet it and tell their friends about it then when they don't like it and share it and retweet it and tell their friends about it, like that's gonna be a shot to my ego. So we just, again, we have to make sure that we're not putting our, our value and defining our success in ministry by what other people are telling us, but by our faithfulness to Christ, making sure that, that we find our value, that I'm following him and Christ is patting me on the back. Not that I got a hundred likes on this picture that I posted from our church Easter egg hunt.
1: I, I will just ask you, I don't want to ask any of them because I'm ahead. afraid I'm embarrassed that they would all be like, no, we're holier than y'all. Mm-hmm. So
0: I'll ask you. Have I ever shared a minion holding a Bible? Yes. Uh, no, 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 no
1: Question two, uh, that you answered the first one before I could ask it. Question number two, have you ever, after you preached a sermon in a variety of contexts, whether it's at your church or at another church, immediately gone to social media to look for some affirmation to oh, see yeah. people?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Go to your office, close the door, get on Facebook and be like, okay, did they... <laughs> Did they yeah. get it? Yeah. Now, it, now I'll just be honest with you. I level like I've I've preached at First Buna, Central Buna, some just Buna in general. I've just tried to witness to them. They're still all lost. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding, <laughs> just kidding, but. But man, when you go and preach at another church, man, it's all over the place. Oh man, God, God really moved today? You come it's up with like so a good.
0: really unique hashtag. And you can God preach only... the
1: best message that you've ever preached. At least you feel that way at your home church, and it's probably not going to be that same reaction. And but but that's an, again, that's a healthy thing. That your people aren't impressed with you; they are listening for the Lord and listening for that. So uh, yeah, so don't don't define success via social media. Oh, this last one, man. This one's a tough one. And uh, luckily Jared and I never, never, ever fall into this wormhole. Dangerous debates. Anybody ever fall into a debate that you're like, how did we get here? What is happening? Like you just wanted to you, you just wanted to tweet a really cool picture of one of your most beloved animated characters holding a Bible. Happens to be a minion. And then you have a friend who harasses you about. I just the realized minions life, must be charismatic because really, they
0: speak in tongues. Mm -hmm.
1: that's what it is well this has been the one hour a week podcast (laughs) uh hope no i'm kidding i just gonna shut it down on that one uh no edit that out dangerous debates dangerous debates uh it it, you can step off into a uh, minefield very quickly and here's what i've kind of realized on the whole dangerous debate thing very few times do you actually ever come to a conclusion or quote win is probably the fact that you're trying to win is why it's a fruitless debate anyways right But have you ever had a social media debate or argument that at the end of the day, you were like, you are right, thank you for your viewpoint. I now understand that in a totally different way, thanks to this very fruitful discussion. No, it just rarely happens. Yet I have found myself immersed, especially in this context, in the generation in which we live, uh, some youth that were in my youth ministry up in the Dallas area, now very routinely, if I share an article or express a theological view, they will jump on there and start commenting like nobody's business. And it is very hard to be Christ-like. Can we just throw that out there, right? You just wanna be like, hey, farewell brother, Uh, you're gone. Like, are you even a Christian anymore, right? And it's very easy to just kind of lash out and not respond well in those situations. So try not to get caught up in dangerous debates because it's not gonna help you.
0: Yeah, we can really blow our witness when we're trying to win an argument more than win the person. Yeah. Because you can make a point without without making a friend. You can win the argument, walk away feeling good about yourself. And, and totally have lost the opportunity to win that person to Christ. So again, all of these things, we ha- just have to keep in mind that our egos, our followers, our success, our fill in the blank, however you want to, has to take a backseat to us as Christians. And this is a leadership conference. So I'm assuming that everybody in here has some role in the church, whether it's you know a staff or volunteer or whatever, that we have to approach social media at all times, not just from the church Facebook page, but even your personal accounts. We have to make sure that we're we've been entrusted with this gift of social media that has the chance to reach so many people. Like we gotta be wise and good stewards with these things. So that's just a few things to keep in mind about dangers. Um, We're gonna talk about our different approaches, yeah. church-wise. <sighs> well. Yeah, I think that's what we need to get. of You kind have another do. point to make.
1: No, I don't. No, oh. I'm, I'm just was looking at you. Thanks. Seeing how you're we going to transition All this right. thing. We, we want to kind of shift because some of y'all really probably already are like, well, this was a waste of our time. Like, we don't want to hear these two cats talk about what they do on social media, <laughs> but we want to talk to you guys as the church about how you as churches can utilize social media. And like Jared kind of has alluded to, we kind of have two different approaches, but I, I don't think it's one that needs to be mutually exclusive. In fact, in our conversations, I'm thinking it needs to be a both and approach. We yeah. We need to kind of maybe both kind of meet in the middle on this, but uh, Jared is going to kind of talk about uh, Pecan Acres and how they utilize social media to be able to keep their church connected and kind of reach out that way. And then I'm going to take some time to talk about how we use uh, church kind of as an outreach. So it's almost like an in-reach versus outreach. And again, we need both of those in the church. Amen. Uh, but even with social media, how can we do it? Or oh, did me? You just ask for an amen. I did. On the I did. Nobody so, did. Uh, Anybody? Wait a second. Can... A like on Facebook is Thanks the equivalent. Sure. Thank you, Jeremy Walton. All right, I see oh, that That's hand. good, yeah. All right. That's so, a, that's a little. The Facebook like is equivalent. Technological to the amen. amen. Yeah. Mm
0: hmm. Facebook needs to add that. You know, they added like the ha-ha and the, frowny and the wow. face. The frowny face is the oh Yeah, me. we need an
1: amen. So amen or oh-me via Facebook. Facebook.
0: Okay, so let's talk about church strategy, how we use social media as a church. So a couple of years ago, our church, Pecan Acres, uh, we kind of in the office made the decision. So we had two accounts when I got there. I've been at Pecan Acres for three and a half years. We had a profile page where, you know, my name is Jared Halyer. He's Rusty Mott. We had a person with a profile named Pecan Acres Baptist Church, <laughs> and this was set up years ago before you could, you know, merge all these things. So we had a profile page and then a church group page. So the first thing we did when we kind of started cleaning up these social media presences was we we diverted everybody that was a friend of the person named Pecan Acres. We said, hey, we're fixing to shut this down. Go like this page if you're if you want to stay up to date. By the, the way, I, mean, I think
1: Facebook has done away with that. They're really trying to root those out. So uh, a church I used to be on staff
0: at had that, and they they had to change it away. So yeah, that was back when it was a little more difficult to set up like a group page. Yeah, yeah. And so we deleted that and so we have a church page. Well then the next thing we did is we decided because we're a and I know everybody aspires to be, but we really are kind of a children heavy church. We have a lot of children uh, at our church kind of all the time. And so we're we're always posting pictures of our events and stuff. And we thought, you know, kind of for the privacy of our families we made our Facebook page a closed page. And so the stuff that gets posted to our Facebook page isn't available to the public. It's only available to the people who have clicked and asked to join our Facebook group. And so what that's allowed us to do is, is our Facebook page now Pecan Acres Baptist Church? The Facebook group is an extension, almost of like our Sunday bulletin or our announcement time, where we put up weekly reminders. We post pictures from all the events we have. Um, you know, we if we have something coming up that everybody needs to be reminded of for a couple of weeks, we pin it to the top of the page. So that allows us to do a couple of things. One we in the office get to kind of kind of control what information gets put up there um, because the other thing about being a closed group is not anybody can just jump on our church page and put you know hey y'all be praying for aunt nancy she you know stubbed her toe and fell on the cat and they're both having surgery we don't allow that stuff if they submit it it has to be approved by one of the administrators of the page and we're joking have you used
1: that before what? like that that was so No that was off smooth. the top
0: right that's too i don't off believe the dome. that I wish you
1: I wish you had a preaching podcast so I could go back and find that and be like, yeah. "Oh, see, right here."
0: Pull that out, Pat. I'm going to use it in a sermon soon. <laughs> um so so but you know sometimes other church pages are even well-meaning people that you know they will they'll put a picture up of Jesus or Obi-Wan Kenobi that they think is Jesus. And it says, if you really wanna be blessed, click, you know, type amen, and then share this with your friends and God will bless. You. Like we don't get that stuff on our church page because if they submit something, it has to be approved by one of our administrators on the page. Uh, and if if we don't think it's appropriate for our page, we just click delete and it never shows up. So it, it keeps kind of the, uh, the privacy of our families and our children. It allows us to control what's being put up there. But one of the responsibilities it gives us is it keeps us on top of the things. So because of the way we use it, how often do y'all update your your church bulletins? Every week. So we have to update the information on our Facebook page every week. And so every Monday or Tuesday morning, we go in there and we delete the post of the events that have passed. Uh, we delete all the old reminders from last week. We put the new things up throughout the week. And so it also keeps fresh content up at the top of the page. And so it's worked well for us. It kind of you know, it keeps information going out steadily and, and it's working well for us. So we're using it as an extension of, of our announcements and stuff that we already have going. Rusty and them do it different. They're more, they're more broad reach, a little more open. Like I said, though, we, we
1: really need to kind of reach a both end consensus. Uh, we we use a, a Facebook page. We don't have a group on Facebook, but we have an actual page. And the way a page works on Facebook is you manage, you have to like our page and you have so many, they used to call it fans, but now it's just likes. Like so many people like your page and you follow it and it's how you would use for a business or a musician or a speaker or a website. Like they all have these things called pages and you manage it from either within a personal app on the Facebook app or the actual pages app. And it looks just like a Facebook page, but it just works a little bit different. And it is something that people don't have to be, it's really just out there for anybody to like and join and be able to follow that. So ours is really more of a public type of platform that we use essentially to market our church. That's a word that, you know, sometimes when you say marketing, it's like, Oh, Hey, Hey, hang on about it. that. Doesn't sound right. But the reality is, is you market your church too. We, we all do to a certain extent, but what are we utilizing and how are we doing that. Um, Some things you need to know about Facebook, and this is where Jared starts mocking me and making fun of me, right? Uh, But it it is not an organic process. We tend to think that if I post something, all of my friends are going to see it, and they're all going to have an opportunity to respond to it. But the truth is, Facebook, especially in the last few years, throttles what you see on your newsfeed. Your newsfeed has been intentionally curated to keep your eyes things you have liked in the past, the types of posts that you have appreciated, those things are all kind of put together. So when you're scrolling through, they won't, they don't want you to stop. There's a reason that you're up till three o'clock scrolling because they know what you want to see and they keep putting it there. So because of that, uh, you just need to have a few things that you can be ready to kind of game the system, if you will. If you want people to see your church's posts, if you were trying to use your church page as an outreach and you want to be able to get it before people's eyes, there's some things that you need to do. Uh, so the, the reality is, is you need to have um, a few things if you want to keep your posts in view. So I'm going to kind of roll out a, our game plan for social media, but, but, but let me give you these things. B-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b- I don't know why I did that. Let me first give you these few tips for gaming the algorithm. If you want your post to show more, first, you got to use photos or videos. If you have a church page and you're trying to share something, I know Brother Lee a lot of times will share, hey, this morning's passage is this and he'll even tag the location. That's an effective method, having something other than just the text. Uh, So that's what we do. We'll have a picture of our sermon. uh, Showing a video. The, The reality is we're a visual generation now. People don't wanna sit there and read a long rant from you. They will watch a video of you doing that exact same rant
0: quicker than they'll read it. And in fact, I read an article last summer that said by the year 2020, I think it was 75% of new online content will be video. 75% of online content is going to be video. So that's definitely the way we're moving. And Facebook's already trying to
1: take it there. Facebook's baby, as we called it, is Facebook Live. Uh, If you follow my page personally or the church Facebook page, you're going to see that live videos happen a lot and people are like oh that guy just really likes doing live videos well here's why i do because y'all actually see them if you have seen one of my live videos that's why i do live videos because if i recorded a two-minute video and uploaded it it gets buried but facebook is actively right now. So in two years, if, if you find this podcast, it may have changed. But right now they are actively pushing live video. So live video is the way to go if you want the most exposure uh, on your page. So let me just kind of give you our basic game plan for using Cornerstones. the Cornerstone's basic game plan. You see how he distanced himself so None. fast from that? All right. Uh, so here is Cornerstone's basic game plan for for social media. This doesn't happen every week, but here's what we try to do. Let me just first tell you what the goal is of our social media page, uh, especially before I share these things with you. My goal as the pastor is to keep the message at the front of the hearts and minds of our people throughout the week. Um, Man, if you're a pastor in here, you work so hard on that message and it's like over in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> like, and, well, 40. Okay, I got church people here. They're like, oh, what, what preacher is he talking about, right? Uh, but but it's done. It's, and it's like, man, what what can we do to keep that before our people? So there are a few things we do every week. These are things we do every week. I'm going to break these down on things you should do every week, occasionally, and a couple times a year. Every week, we share a sermon title graphic, usually, If I can build that title graphic that says, uh, like, next week, uh, I'm not preaching tomorrow. One of the guys here is going to be preaching at Cornerstone. But next week, uh, we're starting a series called Commissioned. So during the week, I'm going to share that photo, Commissioned, and uh, just try to generate some interest, get people to be thinking about it. What we're going to do on Sunday, usually I've been doing it on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, is I'm going to share the audio of that message. Hey, did you miss today's message? Here is our... um, podcast for it. We also live stream. So a lot of people just watch it there from Facebook on the live stream. Uh, but I'm going to share that audio as quick as we can. At some point during that week, the early part of the week, Monday or Tuesday, Pat or I, or we're going to share a quote from the sermon. We're going to make kind of a cool graphic. If you've been in the tech thing, I think y'all probably talked about Canva and Word Swag and some of those kind of cool things. I create a quote from the message and share it. Again, the the point is not, you've gotta be careful because it's not to promote me, it's not to promote our church, but it is to keep that sermon on the front of their minds, to keep them thinking about what God did when we were together on Sunday. And then the other thing we'll do, if there is a major event that week, and by the way, I define major event, very. there's two or three major events at our church during the year. Uh, it's not like, hey, the biggest thing this week, uh, we don't try every to use Every single it. week. Yeah, we yeah. don't try to do that. <laughs> it, we really try to reserve that for big things that are happening uh, coming up. So that's what, something we try to do every week. Now, these are things that... But you didn't mention what it was. A couple times a year, what? That's towards the bottom. Oh, sorry. Right. Sorry, you oh, said you a couple... D- of- I didn't make... Yeah, VBS is a major event. Are you asking sorry. what
0: those major events would be? Yeah, but be? what do you do for those major events? Uh,
1: just just advertise it. Oh, okay. I thought you week. were going to talk about this. Yeah. I'll have that down. Sorry, a, sorry, we're getting. Sorry, there. we're so rehearsed.
0: Uh, this is why we have Pat to edit. We, and we practice this like. 12 this is why times I don't do week. Facebook Live videos.
1: No, wait. All right. So things we try to do occasionally. So about once a month, because you can beat people down with your Facebook page too. You hearing me? All right. Don't. We're you, looking at you, essential oil salesman. <laughs> like you could. You could get out of here. You could get out of here today right? And be like, I'm going to use social media. And within a week, your people will be like, what in the world happened to Brother Lee? Like we have 17 posted. You can beat your people down. So these are things that I only try to do about once a month, sharing a link to the church website. I want to remind them that thing exists. I spent a lot of time that day. We had a snow day and I didn't have to go to work and my kids were too busy occupied with snow to bother me. Right. I love my kids very much and my wife. All right. It's just recording, man. It's just talking. So anyways, but we want to remind them we have a church website. So we do that about once a month. And I try to share articles sparingly from the church page, even if it's something, man, our whole church needs to see this. So I only try to do that about once a month. Now, if you, you know, from personal pages and stuff, that's a little bit different, but you don't want to beat your people down with blog posts from your church page. And the other thing is about once a month, I try to just promote a normal activity at our church like, hey, have you been to Wednesday night lately? Things are going great. Come to Cornerstone Family Night on Wednesdays. Or, hey, uh, are you in a CBF, which is what we call our small groups? You need to get plugged into one today. So about once a month, we try to do something like that. And then a couple times a year, this is what you were alluding to earlier. Uh, all over. For for major events or big days, what we try to do a couple times a year is actually promote a post via our Facebook page. And that is, is if some of you probably live within a radius that this last two or three weeks, you saw a post from cornerstone and it said sponsored. And you're like, Oh, these guys. But here's what we try to do. Uh, Jared said this, so I'm going to steal this quote from him. He said the sponsored Facebook post in 2018 is the equivalent to the mass mailer 20 years ago. You know, so uh, basically we, we spent 50 bucks out of, out of our budget. I actually paid for it and then asked them if they would reimburse me. And if not, I don't care. It was worth it. Right. But literally I, I haven't looked in a while, but it was, seven or 8,000 people had seen that post for 50 for bucks. 50 bucks. Yeah, that's a no so brainer. that's like all of Kuntz four times, right? Like at least. So uh, Kuntz <laughs> had, in a, a big dent in Hardin County. Okay. So, so it was worth that for us. And, you know, we, we were talking, it's kind of funny. This is the Saturday after Easter. Our, our attendance is usually around a couple hundred people. We had almost 500 people Sunday. Now, some of that's just your normal Easter bump, right? But I sure would like to think that some of that is from people who thought, I may give this church thing a shot. And they've seen that in front of them. Well, these people won't shut up about it. So let's try their church, right? Um, and we'll, we'll do that once or twice a year. We, we're not gonna spend a billion dollars a year publishing our posts and our videos and things like that but we we will kind of promote a couple of special events throughout the year and i think it's a it's a good thing for us to do but again we would advocate for a both and approach
0: oh yeah definitely
1: because back to the algorithm thing jared's real excited about algorithm talk he loves it but your facebook page they they are really wanting you to sponsor every post you make unless people share the post from our Cornerstone page, they do not get seen. No matter how cool they are, other than live video, if I make a cool graphic and share it, very few people will see it. So another thing, if you have followed me on social media, you'll see, wow, why does Rusty share everything Cornerstone does? Because you would probably not have seen it if I had not shared it. And if I'm the only one who shares it, it doesn't get seen by many people. The only things that get exposure are those things that get shared a lot. So you need to encourage your church folks hey, if Cornerstone posts something, y'all share it because that's the only way it's really gonna get spread out because they want you to pay. But this is where these closed groups come into. I read an article the other day that was saying the best way to have your church stay connected and for your church people to see these posts is to have a closed group. So you can actually have information that is getting to your entire church. It may not be reaching out and reaching people who are unchurched, but it is going the best way to get information to everybody in your group is not a page but rather a closed group so because what are you in shooting a closed, for?
0: in a closed group when you post something it gets bumped to the top of their news feed yeah um and so if you're trying to reach out just keep in mind like rusty said that a text only post because of the way facebook is throttling graphics and video text only will not get seen as much as a photo or a picture or a graphic a graphic will not get seen as much as a video and a video if The queen mother of Facebook right now is Facebook Live. And so if you're comfortable doing that, and and you don't have to go off the cuff, write out a script. If you want to promote something for your church, write it down on a piece of paper, get your buddy to hold the piece of paper and the phone in each hand, right? He hits the button and you just read the sheet of paper. Uh, The other thing to keep in mind is that when it comes to videos online, people's attention span is about 25 to 45 seconds. So if you post an 18 minute Facebook live video, they're gonna watch the first 30 seconds. And if you haven't gotten to the point, they're not gonna get to the point. They're just gonna scroll past it and forget it. So keep it short, keep videos and graphics at the front of your mind. Um, that's how to be more yeah. effective.
1: And facebook live video and we'll get off of the video thing they uh, they actually say it's better to do around three to four minutes of a facebook live video because it generates your audience Uh, they will push that video in the (laughs) news feed more but the longer it's live and i don't know if you're if y'all y'all use facebook have you gotten notifications hey so-and-so's live live. they're selling clothes you know and you're like okay right why is this lady cracking (laughs) oysters i (laughs) still
0: don't know what that's about so and then sometimes you go to it and they're just sitting there staring at the camera going all right we got 47 people here now let's wait until that number gets a little yeah, higher and we'll yeah. start the
1: so but but it does generate if you can make a video that's a little bit longer because i've made the mistake of doing some 40 50 second mm-hmm. videos with zero viewers and they might have got a little bit of traction because they got put in the news feed but if you can get you know 15 people to be watching it and liking it while it's live, live this yeah that would have been Missed great opportunity. But- it's okay man we we think of great things afterward I've got a lot I've got a list of good things to say that's developing and as soon as we stop this I'll be ready to go so that'll be next week's episode next week's episode hey a couple
0: of tools that we want to mention so we mentioned using graphics you know for sermon quotes or sermon titles or that kind of thing it's not as difficult as it seems there are some apps you can get on your phone today for free and you can spend two or three dollars to upgrade and unlock everything I'll mention three of them super quick canva c a n v a canva, canva com there's a website and an app and uh, they've got some gra- you can do a ton of graphic stuff with it for free or you can spend a dollar at a time to get some extra images and stuff we use it for announcement slides we use it for stuff that we put on our Facebook page uh, it's awesome it's almost like Photoshop for dummies it's so it's drag and drop type in your text really good. it's awesome uh, a couple of more font- so you know we talk about using quotes and stuff but making it into a graphic instead of just text there's two of them I use one of them is an app called over. O-V-E-R. And the other one is Word Swag. Swag. Word Swag. And again, they're both free to download and they have a lot of stuff already in them. You can spend 2 or $3 and unlock all the fonts and graphics and stuff that they have. Um, super easy to use. Yeah, use and you, you will be shocked how... You know, we always say this, like you feel
1: weird when you're you're letting out yeah. all your secrets. Like we're pulling back the curtain. Yeah, we're pulling back the curtain because, you know, people who will see your, your stuff and be like, Man, these guys are talented. Wow, he is a wow, guru. Where do they come up with it? And, and it then turns like out. Yeah, uh three or four three or four pastor friends have been like, Man, I just can't believe how you, man, that's just I wish I had that skill. And I just like send them a link to the app. And now, like, I'm not going to say names. He's not in here. But one of our pastor friends, man, he is blowing up the word swag art, man. (laughs) Like, every week he's two or three. And and it's great, man, because it just helps us connect with people. Again, people will look at that graphic that if you put that exact sermon quote in regular text, scroll. But they're going to be like, oh, that's neat. And a lot of times they'll share it if you have, like, a cup of coffee in the background of the picture. Like (laughs) It's like, oh, cool. Jesus loves this one even more, you know. So, yeah. Well, he brews, so.
0: Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I'm going to one uh, more app. I'll mention I do that uh, one more that we use. It's it kind of on the line of social media, but it's just getting information out there. It's called remind one Oh one. It's an app that was built for teachers and classrooms so that teachers could send out test reminders and homework assignments to their classes. We use it for the church. So again, that's just another example of something in the world that we're leveraging for the kingdom. Uh, but remind one Oh one is free to download. What you do is you set up your church or your Sunday school class or your youth group as though it were a class. So think of yourself as the teacher and whoever's signing up for it is your class. Uh, And then they just, you get a code for this group. They text, you know, it'll be a code like, you know, the at sign and then a couple of numbers. They text this code in and it puts them on that message. So I can open my Remind 101 app right now, type out one message, hit send, and in our church, we have three different lists. We have one that's just for our youth ministry, we have one that's church wide, and one that's just for our deacons. And so I can type up a message, hit send, and it'll go to 100 different people at one time. So it's easier than group. And the other great thing is they can't respond. So you don't get caught up in that endless cycle of group messages Hey-o. like, who is this? Where am I? Or did you get my casserole dish? Oops, wrong person. And no, it does away with that. So Remind 101. Again, super easy to use, great way to get information out to a lot of people quickly. Definitely. Yeah, those are great
1: tools that are at our disposal. You know, people talk about we are ministering in an extremely difficult time to be ministering. Have you heard that? And have you felt that before? That man, this is a strange time to be a pastor or a ministry leader. But at the same time, what a blessed time it is to be a pastor or a ministry leader, to have all these tools at our disposal to to basically, I say this all the time about Cornerstone, our media folks are here. And I just think it's so incredible. You go and look at our church online and then you come to our church and you're like, oh, this is a church just like ours. Right. But when you look online, it's like, whoa, what's happening at that place? That's so awesome. That's crazy. Right. Uh, But that's because we have the tools and ability to do that and talented people. But, uh, Bivocational folks here, and uh, when it comes to media stuff, I'm bivocational. That ain't my job, right? <laughs> right? But but we are able to do that as a team and make really professional-looking stuff. Yeah. And the same thing for you guys. And it's just because of these awesome tools that are at our disposal. So um, and ask around. We we don't mind answering questions about this kind of stuff. Yeah, Daniel
0: Begno and Jason Harris are both here. They're super tech savvy. They're they're a lot better on the the video and audio stuff than we are. Um, but yeah, recruit some younger folks. Don't be afraid to go into the youth group and say, hey, would somebody like to help us out with, with an Instagram account for our church? Because those kids, like even Rusty and I had to learn the language of technology. These kids, it's their native tongue. And so they know how to use this stuff. Uh, you don't need a Snapchat for your church. Let's just not even talk about that. There's no reason for for that to be happening. Um, <laughs> like Rusty's up there preaching with like a puppy dog filter yeah. over his face or something. A lot of, yeah.
1: Um lot of traction there. It's,
0: it's but yeah, a... again, this is just, it's just a social media is a tool that we can use to leverage the gospel. And so I would say one, it's not our main focus. It's not our main ministry. So we're not, we're not a social media church. You can't, you know, the word church means people who are called out. It's a gathering of people. So you can't have an online church. So don't, don't try to build an online church or plant an online church. But if you're not using social media, you're missing an opportunity. I'm not going to say you're sinning, but you're missing a great opportunity feels more like a minefield than a mission field sometime, but yeah. another off the dome I'm just spitting fire today um so use it make sure that you hey Derek second time in three weeks Derek walked in in the middle just walked of walked the... the end of the so, uh and sp- hey and one more social media outlet that I'll mention yeah uh is a podcast called one hour a week we have a captive yes. audience so we're gonna plug it uh it's it goes about like this every week and we this room of people is more
1: than our average weekly listeners true story sure. uh, true story. If you count my grandma. So hi, Granny. Yeah,
0: she listens. Every was it? Who was it? Your mom? That yes, you said? my mom. This week, funny I, see, story. And we'll end. Yeah, with we'll this. we'll end on this great gem of a story. Uh, and you're like oh, hang what? On, hang on first. So to tell you how savvy our moms are, when we first started putting the podcast out, we were about three months in when my mom asked, "What time does it come on?" Like, yeah. mom, that's not how podcasts, <laughs> not how podcasts work podcasts at all. Work. Whenever you want. That's the. So on demand my mom listens to our podcast
1: and i have a podcast that we do with the guy at our church and she started she discovered the podcast app on her phone and was like this is great i can listen to my kid talk all the time so uh, she's listening to my messages and she one day had some there's a speed button on there if you didn't know like kind of over here on the left that you can speed it up or slow it down so my mom listened to a 15-minute podcast with me and brother matthew and it took 30 minutes because we were talking like, so she thought it was a bit, she's like, oh, these guys, <laughs> I guess this is what the kids are into, but this is dumb, you know, right? So until she started round two of a different episode, or actually, I think it was a cornerstone sermon. And she was like, oh, something. So she called me, have you listened to the last few of your podcasts? I said, no, ma'am. She said, well, I think they're uh, messed up. And she started telling me what was going on. I was like, oh no, mom, just go back.
0: But yeah, so now she listens at double
1: speed, double speed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So now she really makes it happen quickly. Well, thank you all so much for coming to hang out with us today. Uh, We're going to stop the recording, but we are done, I think on time, maybe with a few minutes to spare. So with that, we would love to answer any questions that you guys may or may not have.